Welcome to At the Table, a play reading series, brought to you by Charging Moose Media. In this episode, we're chatting with Joe Swenson, the playwright of Right as Rain. Be sure to listen to his fantastic play and also our interview with cast members DC Anderson and David Morantz on previous episodes. Enjoy! We are so thrilled to be here today. I'm Rachel Flynn. Hey, I'm Ned Donovan. And we are here with playwright Joe Swenson, who wrote the beautiful Right as Rain, which we just finished recording. Joe, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Also, thank you for submitting this play. You know, we get a lot of sad plays and funny plays and happy plays and kind of all over the map, but we get very few sweet plays. And this is truly a touchingly sweet play. And that's what immediately we were drawn to it because we were like, it's so happy sad, which is a hard tone to hit. So congratulations. Thank you. And I think for a lot of people, the first part of this interview apparently is just the two of us flinging compliments at you and you having to say thank you over and over again. I'm so sorry. It's a terrible (laughs) interview format, but you have to deal with it because we just both had such a lovely experience listening to these and extraordinary actors. DC Anderson and Dave Morantz just played Hank and Buster. And I'm really looking forward to your getting to hear them. But I think sometimes sweetness and kindness in plays can almost be viewed I don't know, pejoratively, but it's a very difficult thing to pull off well. What was the genesis of this play? Where did this come about and when? So a couple months ago, I I sat down. I I really enjoy writing about characters. So originally the character was Buster. So that was the first character that I came up with. And I thought to myself, all right, well, what what kind of position can I put Buster in uh, in order to, you know, really tell a full story and give him a want and all that stuff. And I realized about halfway through that that wasn't the perspective I should go from. And so the second character I created was Hank. And Hank became this, you know, just great guy I decided that I wanted to write a character who really spoke the entire time without having to have somebody else there. And when you go through, and this is the thing that I love about this play, um, when you go through it, you could go through all of Hank's lines and take out all of Buster's lines, and it still works. Yeah, it's a monologue. Yeah, it is. It's a monologue, um, and he is literally having this great, amazing conversation If you've ever lost somebody, they're always there. You always, you have those moments where you talk to them. You have these moments where, you know, you ask them questions or you want them to be part of your life or you go through some memories with them. And that's what it's all about. And the fact that I turned it into, you know, a twisty kind of play um, is really second nature to the fact that it, it just, I just wanted to make two real characters and one of them that you root for the entire time and one of them that you're rooting with the entire time, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. And did did you knock that out of the park? I love the friendship between these two. The stories that they're swapping are so organic to two folks who've known each other that long, right? I mean, these are the stories that stick out and that you tell over and over again, especially after loss, right? Like those are the joyful Mm -hmm. stories afterwards. So it serves this wonderful dual purpose of this is how two friends talk together. And this is the sort of reflection you do when you lose somebody. So it's functioning on both sides of that. I don't know anything about your history as a writer. Could you Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about where are you from? How'd you come to writing? Anything else that you want to tell me about you? Because all I know is that you wrote a beautiful play that I got to experience just now. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, so I've, uh, I really didn't start writing until 2015. 
so about five years, really. I've done a lot of theater. Uh, I've done some film. I've done some some acting in a lot of different genres. Uh, but I I hadn't really dove into writing specifically. I'd, I'd written a couple of poems, but nothing nothing really of, of substance. And then in 2015, I wrote this play called We Are the Broken People, which is 14 slam poems put together. And it won a cool. Critics' Choice Award at Port Fringe, which is this fringe festival that happens up here in portland maine and i was like all right well I'm, there might be something in this i don't know yeah. <laughs> and then i started writing a book uh, i wrote a book called letter number three that is uh it's a young adult fiction about a 12 year old girl who may or may not be telepathic and i so i wrote it from her perspective and it really just all of a sudden just came right out like i wrote sixty thousand plus words in 27 days Oh my Ooh. gosh. Yeah. Ooh. And it was just, I was on business trips. Like I was, I was in Anderson, Indiana, which no one should ever go to, by the way. Um, <laughs> shout out to Anderson, Indiana. Shout out to Anderson, Indiana. I was in Anderson, Indiana. Not a sponsor Indiana. of the pod. No. Not a sponsor of the pod. <laughs> if you do go there, go to the Hoosier Park. That's a, that's a fun place to go. Anyway, besides that, there was really nothing to do. So at night I would just sit in my hotel room and I'd write. Cool. So during the day, I'd do some motivational speaking, do some leadership development. That was what my corporate role was in my corporate life. And then at night, I'd write about a 12-year-old girl and her friends and this whole story about whether or not she's telepathic or not, you know? And and it was it was a blast. I absolutely loved writing. And then it turned into short plays and some longer plays too. Like I wrote a play about homelessness in New York City in, in the late 90s called Prize Possessions. Uh, and then I started submitting these plays. I'm like, yeah, you know, let's see what happens. I'll submit some plays. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then I started winning things. Like uh, I have a play called Scraps that's about a Marine veteran who has PTSD and just the weird dysfunctional world that he's created with his family. And that ended up winning an award as well. I was like, all right, you know, let's just keep <laughs> rolling with this. I've got more stories yeah. to tell. And then Ride as Rain came up and Ride as Rain really was, I don't know, it's my baby, I guess. I mean, I, I read it probably once a week just because it's it has that feel good feeling to it that you just you, know, you just want to hug it. If you need something mm-hmm. to hug, you read you read Ride as Rain and and then you feel warm inside and, and you hope Buster's looking down on you and saying, hey. Yeah, everything's going to be okay. I think that's great. I think that there's a very cool thing that I want us to celebrate even more on this show of writers getting to be pleased with their work. Because I do think that there's this sort of um, negative stereotype or even like um, communal social response that we're all supposed to have as artists where we go, well, you know, it's not very good. And it's like, well, I understand seeing kind of the flaws in your own work or wanting to improve and grow in your art, but... It's lovely that you have this piece that is lovely and you enjoy it. You think it's a good thing to reread. It feels good. I love that. We should celebrate that all of the time. That's fantastic. Agreed. I agree. So, Joe, where are you from? I'm originally from Seattle. Um, I have a very interesting past. So, If you want to tell us, we'd love to hear it. Sure. I'll, get, I'll give you a quick version of it. How's that? So right. I was born in Bremerton, Washington. Um, when I was five years old, and this is the part that'll shock everybody, I was kidnapped, me and my sister. We were kidnapped for seven and a half years by her father, my stepfather, and we were taken to Garden City, Kansas. I was abused in a lot of ways, so that's the end of the feel-good part of it, right? Okay, <laughs> um, yeah. And then we were found when I was 12. Um, we still went to school and stuff. And again, interesting past, right? So we went back to Seattle, the Seattle area anyway, went to high school there. 
And then, uh, and then my mom ended up getting busted for embezzlement. And I decided I, instead of going to college where I'd been accepted to Cornish College of the Arts in Seattle, I instead opted to join the Marine Corps. So complete 180. Yeah. Um, joined the Marine Corps, ended up uh, in San Diego for a bit, uh, Meridian, Mississippi for a little bit, uh, and then Cherry Point, North Carolina, um, which is where I ended up being stationed. It was my duty station. And I did theater in high school. Obviously, I, I wouldn't have been accepted to Cornish College of the Arts if that wasn't the case. Um, mm-hmm. But I did, you know, so I did theater in high school, and um, I actually founded a theater company at Cherry Point on the Marine Corps base called the Cherry Point Players. Um, cool, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I did some, I, I did some uh, camera work there. Uh, so down in Wilmington, North Carolina, I was on Matlock a couple of times. Yeah, Wilmington's um, a huge TV town. Oh, yeah. Massive, massive. Yeah, I was in a bunch of movies, uh, mostly as extras. I was a featured extra in a movie called A Member of the Wedding that starred Anna Paquin. Um, and that was fun. That was, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, I got married, moved to Maine. She wanted to move to Maine. This is, uh, this is my first wife. Uh, she wanted to move to Maine. So I was like, yeah, why not? Uh, and that was 21 years ago. 22 years ago. Sorry. 22 years ago, I moved to Maine. Yeah, after I graduated from college. Uh, which I went to UNC Wilmington with a business degree of all things. <laughs> so, so I, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's how I ended up in Maine. And then in Maine, I mostly have just, you know, working corporate America for the most part. I have, I've done a lot of theater, uh, Belfast Maskers, Penobscot Theater in Bangor, uh, Portland Players in Portland when cool. I moved down into Southern Maine in, uh, in 2006. Uh, Portland Players, Lyric Music Theater, um, you know, just all kind. And then just random, like I love the fringe stuff and I do a ton of improv. I'm a member of uh, the Chamber of Comedy at Maine Repertory Theater, where we used to perform improv. But right now sure. it's on hold. There's a global pandemic happening. Yes. Yep, sure. There is that. Yeah. Well, what a fascinating story. So thrilled to hear how well you're thriving now with Thank you. everything that you've experienced and lived through. That's extraordinary. Off of what Ned was just making a little bit of a joke about, um, how you doing lately? How is everything in Maine with you, with your family? How you dealing with this quarantine? How's it feeling? Yeah, you know we're do- we're doing all right. Um, you know we we have the we have the same struggle I think that a lot of folks that are in our situation have, which is you know you feel bad for the people that are really suffering. Um, I feel bad anyway, so I, I carry some guilt with those that are maybe in situations where I was as a kid, you know, like, how are they mm-hmm. getting through that? So that's a, yeah. that's one that I, I have a hard time getting, getting off the top of my mind. Uh, but also being grateful for, you know, that the things that I do have, like my wife is a teacher. And so we have that job. Uh, I'm currently unemployed, um, but I am, I'm writing every day. And, uh, and I love that part. And we have a, we have a six year old and we have a two and a half year old and, um, they are a handful at times and they are also <laughs> a blessing. So it's exciting. Um, we get out every day, play some basketball on my driveway. Um, nice. you know, and yeah, just, we try to do whatever we can try to interact with as many people as we can as well. Uh, and I have a bunch of different writing projects that I'm, I'm also working on at the same time and producing a couple of my own shows as well. So fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm really in awe of uh, that you're able to write every day and jump in on that every day. I know that we're having discussions with a lot of artists on this show about how able they feel to to tackle that right now. How whether mm. there are folks who find their energy from doing it or folks who maybe are feeling like they need to step away and take a break just because there's so much going on. That's um, very exciting to hear. So I, I try to build it into a routine. So I make it part of 
part of my daily routine to write because I know it's, it's for me anyway, even if it's nothing, it's therapeutic. So mm-hmm. even if I'm just writing just random whatever, that's that's literally what I'm doing. I'm just writing as many characters as I can, coming up with as many crazy things as I can. Oh, that's wonderful. I would love to get to our at the table classic which is we shout would out. love to know, shout out to our at the table, um, the one constant thing uh, in this moment of change. We'd love to know what snack or food is really getting you through this time here. So for me, so I'm a gamer also. Um, oh, hey, yeah. welcome to the podcast. Which games are getting you through? Yeah, yeah, start with the games. Let's start, start with, with the which games. games are there. Uh, so so um, I'm a console gamer, um, although I do, I do play some phone games as well, so I have some. Which console? All consoles? Xbox One for now. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So right now, what's getting me through is, so I play three games. Uh, game number one, I play with my six-year-old, but then again, I also get on and play by myself to surprise him with some things, and that's Minecraft. So, yeah. right. so I'm on Minecraft a lot. And then game number two is Rocket League. It's, uh, it's, yeah. 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 Love Rocket League. I may or may not have, I don't know, played like 18,000 games in the last three years. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> It's it's the it's the it, that's the game where I'm like oh look it's it's ten o'clock oh look it's one thirty in the morning hundred percent yeah, sure yeah uh, and then the last game I just picked up which is Sea of Thieves it's uh, it's a great pirate type game but it's open open world open concept uh, so that's a lot of fun too so those are the games I play and what I eat while I'm playing those games are mm. pepperoni slices yes pepperoni slices what a good mm. answer oh man. Great. We have to get pepperoni slices. Yeah, 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 yeah. Call (laughs) Dustin, get pepperoni. I'll add it to my grocery list. I can't (laughs) believe I hadn't thought of that. You're revolutionary, Joe. I love a pepperoni slice. Very nice. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's so that's that's what uh that's that's my that's my go-to pepperoni slices. I mean, and it doesn't have to be at night. I mean, it's anytime, really. Breakfast? Sure. Okay. Coffee and a pepperoni slice or five. Whatever. Yeah, sure. I was going to say, bless you if you can keep it to five slices. I don't think that's how I've eaten pepperoni in my entire life. You've got a real discipline about you, though. I, don't know <laughs> I do, I do. It's true. One person a couple weeks ago uh, said that they've been, since the beginning of um, quarantine, they, they have a bakery downstairs and they've been ordering a cake <laughs> and just oh, eating wow. from the cake with like a fork throughout the day. And I think about that actor doing that all of the time. Because <laughs> a, one, wow. And two, I'm jealous. You know, I'm jealous of the of the like, continuous cake in a very big way. Right. And it's right downstairs. That's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> downstairs. Joe, you said you you have the main improv troupe. You've got your own writing pieces. I know uh, you're connected to the the, the Portland Maine theater scene and the surrounding areas. Um, is there anywhere kind of online that your stuff is gathered that, that people can find you, either if you're a social media releaser or a YouTube channel, a website, anything like that? So I have uh, so I have two different locations. Uh, one is I have an author page. It's Joe Swenson author. If you put that, if you pull that up on Facebook, uh, you can find, and I'm doing a video every Friday. I do, uh, I'm doing a reading of The Key, which is the sequel to letter number three. And I'm oh, cool. reading- two chapters at a time with that it's not complete so and it's the unedited unpublished version of the sequel so so you oh. get to be part of the process of me writing the book because i'm always asking for you know what are your thoughts what do you think this is heading next that kind of thing uh which makes it pretty fun 
So you can find Joe, uh, Joe Swenson Authored on Facebook. And then if you go to joeswensonauthor.weebly.com, I haven't bought the domain. I should do that. But if you sure. go to joeswensonauthor.weebly.com, uh, you can find my entire – you can find the library of plays I've written. Uh, you can find a video of We Are the Broken People, which I spoke about earlier, uh, as well as uh, the, the video log links to the Facebook page are all there and access to what I call Broken Arch Productions, which is the production company kind of <laughs> that uh, that I put everything under from a production standpoint. Very cool. And we will have both of those websites available. We'll have links to them up on our website. Um, so if you want more information about all of Joe's incredible projects, you can visit our website. Ned, what is our website? Our website is chargingmoosemedia.com slash at the table podcast. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and we're sending lots of love to you and your family and your kiddos um, thank throughout you. all of this. Thank and thank you for sharing your truly lovely piece with us. It was a, it was a joy to read and to listen to. It's going to sit with me for a long time, Joe. Really, thank you. Well, I am glad to hear that. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, for the opportunity to to have this play produced uh, in the fashion that it's being produced. That's This is very exciting. I'm very excited about it. Um, if there was one thing that I could leave you with as far as Writer's Rain goes, the idea is that you have to read it. You have to watch it again. You have to read it again. It's, it's that kind of twisty type play. And it is supposed to resonate with you. It's supposed to linger with you and help you think about your loved ones and understand that maybe they are right next to you you know when you're sitting in your living room or when you're sitting on the couch when you're sitting in your car that maybe they are right there this is a pretty wonderful time for a play with that message and that exploration and that reflection so thank you thank you thank you thank you both of you have a wonderful rest of your day and listeners will catch you next time be well bye You've been listening to At the Table, a play reading series produced by Charging Moose Media. For more information on our playwright, Joe Swenson, visit our website at chargingmoosemedia.com slash at the table podcast. Link is also in the show notes. We are hosted by Rachel Flynn and Ned Donovan. Our artistic director and senior producer is Rachel Flynn. Editor is Ned Donovan. Associate producer is Megan Bagala. Music by Marcus Thorne Bagala. Special thanks to our playwright, Joe Swenson. You can find us on social media at At The Table Plays. Please connect with us. See you next time.